Welcome back to 4for4.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalter. Alongside me is John Paulson, who is the senior editor for 4for4.com. You know him. How you doing, John? I'm doing good, Anthony. How you doing today? Doing good on a Monday. Kind of some uh, a wild week 11 with a lot of the injuries piling up. We'll get into all that, but first, tell us about the music that brought us in. Yes, that was uh, the, the Ben Miller Band uh, out of Joplin, Missouri. Is that anywhere near okay. you? Uh, I think that's 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 south of where we are in St. Louis, but I, I've heard of heard of Joplin. Yep, their uh, uh, their their sound is now referred to as Mudstop, quote unquote okay. Mudstop. I like it. Previously referred to as Ozark Stop, uh, but now it's changing. Apparently, uh, Get Right Church is the name of the track. Uh, ben Miller Band off their 2012 album Heavy Load. Uh, it's on our uh, most accurate podcast. Uh, playlist on Spotify, and you can find a link to that uh, at 444.com and any of the podcast posts. Well, John, I mentioned that there's some injury fallout from Week 11. We'll get to the the big injuries, starting with A.J. Green. Unfortunately, he was carted to the locker room after the Bengals' second offensive play yesterday in that loss to the Bills. He immediately grabbed his right hamstring as he went to the ground in a lot of pain. It looks like he could be out for the season. So who's the Bengals' wide receiver to own in this situation? Well, Tyler Boyd had uh, a significantly better game than Brian LaFell. He had the six catches for 54 yards and a touchdown on eight targets, but LaFell was targeted nine times. So I think they're just going to, instead of trying to feature uh, a receiver like they did with A.J. Green, they're just going to um, kind of distribute the the targets evenly amongst Boyd, LaFell, and then, of course, Tyler Eifert, uh, three for 37 on six targets. Kind of a disappointing game for him, but I would expect uh, – going down the stretch here that he's going to be heavily involved in this offense as they try to um, make up for the loss of, uh, of green. I want to ask you about Shady McCoy and CJ Procise, who both suffered into uh, in injuries on their own. But since we're talking about EJ green, we might as well bring up Gio Bernard here. He's likely to miss the rest of the season. He has a torn ACL. Apparently it was suffered at some point, maybe at toward the, toward the end of the game. Cause nobody really knew about it until directly after the game. Jeremy Hill, obvious RB1 candidate now? Yeah, he'll, he'll see his uh, playing time spike. Uh, he's not a great receiver. You might see Rex Burkhead uh, fill some of that role. Uh, but Hill's okay in the passing game. He makes some big plays occasionally there. He's just not quickly uh, as, as adept as, as uh, Bernard is in that area. But certainly, if you have 18 touches for Hill, uh, you, you'd have to think that his – Floor just got a lot higher with uh, Bernard uh, being out. I mentioned Shady McCoy. He suffered a thumb injury while stiff-arming a defender right before halftime. In that in that win over the Bengals, he was listed as questionable to return. McCoy spoke to trainers on the sideline following an eight-yard catch before jogging to the locker room with the trainer. He was holding his left arm close to his body. He had surgery on the thumb on Monday, so today, uh, after the team eventually ruled him out. The Bills seem optimistic about McCoy playing, but as you and I were kind of talking about before we signed on to the podcast, you just never know with these Bills who rushed McCoy back after he suffered a hamstring injury, only for him to re-injure himself a couple weeks ago in that that loss to the Dolphins. Mike Gillisley is the guy that's immediate uh, immediately listed behind Shady McCoy. Do you think that we see Gillisley playing for Buffalo on Sunday, or do you trust that McCoy is going to come back? Well, they, they're not afraid to play – McCoy when he's dinged up, uh, but I don't know how many players have surgery on Monday and end up playing on Sunday. Now, 
this may be a special case because it's a dislocated thumb and we really don't know the severity of the surgery. They might've just been putting the thumb back in its socket or whatever. I don't know uh, until we have more information and, and we got to see what, what uh, McCoy does uh, this week. But if, if he can't play uh, Gillisley is going to be uh, in the sneaky starts column this week because he's got Jack uh, Jacksonville 20th and just a fancy, fancy points allowed to, to running backs. Um, Gillisley has played pretty well lately. Uh, 14 carries 72 yards, uh, this week against Cincy, he had eight for 32 and a touchdown against Seattle, 12 for 85 and a touchdown against New England in week eight and week eight and nine. Um, he had six for 60 and a touchdown against San Francisco in week six. So he's capable if he's, if he's out there. Um, if, if you're worried about McCoy, if Gillisley's out there and you need a running back this week, it's not a bad idea to grab him, um, on the case, uh, on the, uh, in the case that, uh, McCoy can't play. And then C.J. Procise, unfortunately for the rookie, had a big game yesterday, had a big opening touchdown for the Seahawks, but he suffered a scapula injury in the first half against the Eagles. He did not return, and then after the game, Pete Carroll said that there's a chance he comes back this year, but it's going to be a while. Apparently the timetable is six to eight weeks. So for all intents and purposes, C.J. Procise is going to be out for the rest of the year, John. Mm -hmm. And even though Rawls got banged up last night in that victory over the Eagles, I would imagine that he's an RB1 candidate, right? Yeah, definitely. 17 uh, touches in his first game back, 88 yards. And a lot of that was due to out of necessity with, with Procise uh, being knocked out. And, uh, this week 12 matchup against Tampa Bay is pretty favorable. He has a couple of tough matchups after that, Carolina, uh, and Green Bay. But I think Green Bay's, uh, uh, matchup is not going to be as daunting after Robert Kelly, uh, ran rough shot over them. I think their, their numbers are going to fall, uh, significantly once we run our, uh, just fantasy points allowed numbers this week um so in the upcoming uh down the stretch uh matchups for Rawls don't look too daunting other than maybe uh, Carolina in week 13 and then Arizona in week 16 and then one more running back situation we'll get to one wide receiver spot and then to some quarterback news the Eagles both Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles were injured and Right now, with it being Monday, I believe the Eagles play next Monday night, so this is going to be a, a long wait here for fantasy owners. But how should owners proceed this week with the waiver wire situation? What, you know, what running back right now is the one to own? Is it is it Wendell Smallwood? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they're, they're saying that uh, Matthews is day to day. He has a right MCL sprain, um, which doesn't sound good. So I would. Uh, you know, I would uh, assume that with Smallwood uh, and Sproles, if Sproles is able to play through the the rib, although he's got a, a you know the rib injury, um, it looks like Smallwood will will get the start this week. Um, and uh, given the matchup, uh, you know, against uh, the Packers, uh, I don't think it's too too daunting. And if if Matthews misses a couple of weeks, he's got uh, Cincinnati and Washington weeks thirteen and fourteen. So Smallwood could be a pretty good add. I know a lot of owners right now are just trying to put band-aids on the running back position. And this is certainly a, if you have money left in your fab account or uh, you have the top waiver wire ad and you need a, a short-term ad, I think Wendell Smallwood is, is the guy. You look at his workload, 17 touches, 79 yards. Uh, yesterday, Ken John, Ken John Barner only had three carries for 17 yards. So it's pretty clear who the, the Eagles are going to go with if uh, both Matthews and Sproles are out. And then Robert Woods suffered a knee injury in the first half. He was ruled out of that game against the Bengals. He left the locker. He left to the locker room after the game. Uh, or, I'm sorry, he left the locker room after the game on crutches. 
Is there anybody left in Buffalo's passing game that's worth owning? I know there was a small report that maybe Sammy Watkins could return in Week 12, but he's yet to practice. Yeah, I wouldn't count on Watkins uh, this week, but uh, I'm sure he's you know being stashed right now in most leagues. Uh, Woods uh, was really the only reliable guy there. They've got Marquise Goodwin. Brandon Tate was playing a lot yesterday. Percy Harvin got like 70% of the snaps, I think. But there's just really nothing here in terms of dependability uh, for owners to sort of capitalize on, uh, unless Watkins is sitting on the wire and you have a spot to fill. And then one other, well, actually two two other situations, but they're both quarterbacks. You know, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start over Bryce Petty, apparently for the Jets this Sunday. The Jets just had their bye week, and after playing Petty, uh, two weeks ago in that loss to the Rams, Todd Bowles declared today that, hey, Fitzpatrick is healthy. He's been our starter all along. He's going to get the start. So what's the impact for guys like Brandon Marshall? Well, I think it's good for Marshall. Fitzpatrick and Marshall have a good rapport. Uh, it's good for Quincy and Nunwa uh, as well, uh, just to have a known quantity behind center, even though Fitzpatrick is not as playing as well as he did last year. Uh, I definitely think it's an upgrade for those players. And then the Browns uh, did a <laughs> – they, they played Cody Kessler because they wanted to see Cody Kessler play an extended extended period, even though they had Josh McCown, who arguably gave him a better chance to win on the sidelines. Now, Cody Kessler suffered his second concussion this season in that loss to the Steelers. McCown's going to draw the start. Kessler's already been ruled out. Is this a boost for players like uh, Terrell Pryor and, and Corey Coleman? I think it's more of a boost for Gary Barnage and Duke Johnson. I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's bad for uh, Pryor. Uh, McCown, uh, came in and, uh, you know, did okay against uh, Pittsburgh, 14 for 27, 118 yards and a, and a touchdown, um, and ran twice for 11 yards against Pittsburgh in week 11, uh, in relief of Kessler, who has that concussion. Uh, he's got a bad matchup against the, the Giants, they're number two in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, so that's not good. But I think from a dump off standpoint, hitting Barnage, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a boost for, 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 uh, for those guys because uh, McCown tends to check down more often than, than Kessler was. Let's hand out some waiver wire options for this week. We'll start off with Carson Wentz. He did not play well against Seattle yesterday, but you like him for his Week 12 matchup. Yeah, did you see the, the Redskins uh, last night against the Packers? Yeah, I did, it's, I did. Yeah, not too good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the Packer defense is, pass defense is brutal uh, if – if Wentz is attempting, he's he's attempted over forty passes three of his last four games. Um, I think if he's attempting that many passes against the Packers, he's going to be uh, a pretty good uh, fantasy start for for owners that are in a pinch right now. And then another quarterback that you like is Sam Bradford. He doesn't put up a lot of numbers, not a lot of big time numbers, but but you like him here. Well, this is a spot against Detroit on Thanksgiving that is is favorable. They're thirty second and just a fantasy points allowed to quarterback, so the matchup is nice. Um, looking back at Bradford's recent games, he had uh, a real quiet game against a good defense uh, yesterday, but it was decent. One hundred sixty nine yards and a touchdown. He didn't throw any, any interceptions uh, two weeks ago against Washington, three hundred seven yards and two touchdowns, uh, and then week nine against Detroit, the same Lions, two hundred seventy three yards and a touchdown there. Uh, you know, has attempted uh, 40 plus passes in uh, three of his last uh, five games. He attempted 37 and 28 in the other two games. So the pass attempts are up compared to uh, what he was seeing under Norv Turner. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, against the Lions on Thanksgiving, he's a, he's a pretty good start. And then let's do a couple running, uh, one running back. You like Bilal Powell. Yeah. Uh, the, the matchup, I think, here is is key because they're, they're facing uh, uh, the 
the Patriots in week 12 and they're likely to be trailing in this game. Uh, and then you, you look at what Powell's role is and it's mainly as a receiver. He's 11 catches in the last, uh, two weeks. Uh, he's got a couple touchdowns on the year. Uh, so if, if they're trailing and, and we see more Powell on the field in third down situations, hurry up offense, uh, he, he has a chance to score some points, especially in PPR formats. All right, you've got one wide receiver as a potential waiver wire pickup, and then you got a couple of tight ends here. How about Adam Thielen, who had a big game yesterday for Minnesota? Yeah, Thielen is actually uh, has come on uh, over the last uh, five or six weeks. Uh, if you, I mean, he obviously had the big game before the bye with uh, Stefan Diggs out. He had seven catches for 127 yards and a touchdown and eight targets. So that is an outlier when you look at his game log. But you know, his recent his recent output's been pretty good. He's Five for 65 and a touchdown last week against Arizona. Three for 21 and a touchdown uh, two weeks ago against Washington. And then he's you know had five or six targets in the three previous games. He cleared 40 yards each time. Uh, he had you know 68 yards against uh, Detroit in Week Nine. Uh, the same Detroit Lions. And the key is with him is that he's playing more than a typical like slot receiver would would play. He played 78 uh, 76 percent of the snaps last week, and he other, otherwise he cleared 85 percent of the snaps in three of the previous four games uh the only uh, game that he didn't was detroit and with 50 percent of the snaps and he still got 68 yards receiving so i think in this uh you know under the new offensive coordinator he's doing well his roles increased and um i think he'll be uh involved again uh, on thanksgiving i feel like there's always room for tight ends that that need to be added just because of the, the nature of the league and the nature of the fantasy position uh the tight end position in fantasy but jared cook you like him this week in a waiver wire watch uh you know, last night I thought this was this was kind of a microcosm of Jared Cook's career, where he had the touchdown, he had a couple of big moments, he had one really nice catch down the field. He also dropped a touchdown and he put the ball on the ground with the the Packers in Washington territory last night, trying to come from behind. Uh, but Jared Cook, I mean, this is why they signed him for the for the exact role that they had him had him in last night. Yeah, he ended up with six six catches for 105 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. So he's obviously very involved, uh, 61% of the snaps in his first game back. I, I tweeted out that, and I was being serious, and <laughs> uh, I think my followers, some of them didn't think I was serious. I, I don't know. But I, I tweeted out that he's added a dimension to the uh, Packer offense that's been missing since the days of Jermichael Finley. Now, I suppose there's, you know, on, on Twitter, there's a number of ways to find that funny. Um, but <laughs> the but. <laughs> The bottom line is that Jermichael Finley is the best athlete they've had. You know, I mean, it's not saying much. He's he's more athletic than Richard Rodgers. But Jermichael Finley, I think everybody agrees, was a pretty athletic tight end. He could run. Uh, you know, he had some frustrating moments, but he was also a real threat at the tight end position. And that's what they were trying to get back to when they signed Jerry Cook. And they don't very often sign a free agent free agents uh, in the offseason. And this was a person they went out to get because of his speed. And you could see it uh, come to fruition last night uh, against the Redskins. They hit him on two long passes. Uh, he was just running past people. He's very fast. Uh, and when he is able to catch the ball, which he did last night for the most part, um, he can rack up big numbers as he did. Um, so I had a Bears fan uh, tell me that, uh, you know, they scored the Packers scored 24 points and lost by 18, just like the good old days with Jermichael Finley. And, you know, the Bear, it's, I, I understand the Bears fans are going to miss the point, miss my point all the time <laughs> because they're Bears fans. Uh, but this particular one, uh, really missed the point. Uh, that wasn't, you know, it, they, the offense wasn't the problem last night. I mean, the offense is a problem in general. Um, but 
when you're giving up 40 points or whatever every game, it's uh, you're not going to win too many of them. So I think uh, looking at what they're trying to do with him, uh, he's worth an ad. Uh, and you can start him if you're in trouble. You're, you're going to have to live with the Jared Cook game where he disappears. But, you know, it's a great sign in his first game back that he was able to put up this kind of production. And I don't think he's to blame for the loss at all, even with the, you know, they're down 11 with a few minutes left. It's not like it's his fault. Uh, I mean, the fumble didn't help, but it wasn't like they were going to come back and win that game. You're right. It wasn't his fault. It was Aaron Rodgers' fault. Anytime the <laughs> Packers lose, it's all it's all on him. And he's an awful human being. So let's buy, let's keep buying into those narratives. <laughs> uh, so Jared Cook is one of the tight ends you mentioned. How about Vance McDonald? He had a touchdown yesterday. Yeah, he's had two touchdowns in the last three games. He's got uh, four straight games uh, with six targets, and he's cleared uh, forty-six yards in the last three games. So he's. I, I, I had a Colin Kaepernick in a tournament DFS thing, and he's not a player that you want to watch if you have him in DFS. If you're starting him, you don't want to watch the game because you'd rather just sort of see his stats after the fact, because there was three, I needed, you know, some points from him. I had a, I actually had a Kaepernick Vance McDonald, Quinton Patton stack. And uh, it was actually turned out to be a really good lineup because I was able to get Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, not to bore our listeners, but I needed some, some more points out of this, this trio of uh, 49ers and uh, the, the 49ers proceeded to like go three and out. Uh, for three or four straight possessions in the second half. So I had to turn the game off uh, to keep my sanity. But uh, the good news here is for Vance McDonald, uh, Miami uh, is the matchup. Uh, Miami gave, gave up a couple touchdowns uh, two weeks ago to the uh, Chargers tight ends. And so they they can be had a little bit by the tight end position. I think McDonald is, given his uh, consistent involvement in the offense, even though his quarterback isn't great, uh, he's a decent start this week. Let's talk about two more tight ends that owners might want to target on the waiver wire this week. How about Will Ty? Yeah, he's the starter now. Uh, Larry Donnell was inactive. Uh, Ty has played 70% of the snaps in three straight weeks. Uh, he caught four, four for 33 and seven targets in week nine, five for 53 and eight targets in week 10. None of that's too dramatic, but then he finally found the end zone uh, yesterday against Chicago, two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown and five targets. So, um, that Giants tight end position typically puts up low end uh, starter numbers. Uh, and if you look at the matchup this week against uh, the Browns, 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, this is a, a pretty good spot for Ty. And then one tight end that I really like, I'm biased though, I'm a Falcon fan, is Austin Hooper with, J- with uh, Jacob Tammy out for the year now with that shoulder injury. Hooper's going to continue to start. They drafted this kid to potentially be the starting tight end maybe a year or two from now, and it, that, that year or two has, has come. It's, it's now. Uh, the only issue with Austin Hooper, John, is that you just don't know if it's going to be a Julio Jones game or it's going to be a Tevin Coleman game or a Devontae Freeman game, but I really like Hooper. Yeah, and looking at the next two weeks, it's rough. They've, he's got Arizona first and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They shut down Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph had a touchdown that was called back, but didn't count. So doesn't count. Uh, and then next week, uh, Kansas City, really tough on tight ends. Um, but after that, week 14, 15, 16, he has, uh, the Rams, their 12th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, San Francisco 18th and then Carolina 30th. So, I don't know that I would want to start Hooper this week, but if you're sort of doing tight end by committee and you, you're looking down the road here for the fantasy playoffs, uh, you know, the, the, the Falcons, 
have scored the most points this year. So you want to try to buy into offenses like that where you can. And I think from weeks 14 to 16, he's going to be, you know, ranked in the, the 12 to 15 range, uh, at the very least in, in my tight, tight end rankings, even if he doesn't produce much in the next couple of weeks, because the tight end position in the Falcons offense is significant. Uh, Tammy was doing pretty well in that role. And I think Hooper is, uh, has as much upside, if not more. And he showed that, uh, in the last couple of weeks, a uh, five for 41 against Green Bay, three for 46 and a touchdown against Tampa Bay, six targets. So as long as he's, uh, healthy and involved, uh, down the stretch here, I think he'll be productive. Before we sign off, let's talk about the Monday night football matchup between Houston and Oakland. What, from an injury standpoint, are you looking, looking toward for tonight's game and then leading up to it in case there's some options available on the waiver wire for desperate owners? Well, it looks like uh, everybody's going to play. Latavius Murray is uh, is questionable, but he's expected to play. Lamar Mer- Miller has been battling some injuries, but he's expected to play. The question there with Miller is, is he going to be the bell cow or are they going to limit his workload a little bit, uh, get Hakeem Hunt uh, worked into the lineup? Uh, looks like the receivers are mostly healthy uh, other than Will Fuller. Uh, he's, he's questionable. Uh, he's not a great start um, if he is playing, um, but – you know, if you're in a, if you're in a uh, pinch in a desperate spot, then he's not, he's not bad. He had a good run this year and it's kind of fallen off as he's been dealing with uh, leg injuries. And, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, the quarterbacks are, are good to go. It should be a interesting game in, in Mexico. Um, and the, the two teams are, are, you know, above 500. I was actually surprised to see that Texans were six and three. I didn't realize that they were that had, had won six out of nine games, but the Oakland obviously is having uh, best year in, in some time. Well, yeah, with, if you ever watch Brock Osweiler play, I mean, you were talking about Colin Kaepernick earlier. Anytime you watch him play, you're like, okay, this is just a bad football team. And then you look up and like you said, they're six and three and they're in first place in the AFC South because nobody else really wants to, uh, I know Tennessee has been good of late, but they, their defense isn't that great. And they, you know, they, they lost again yesterday, but nobody's taken advantage of that division. So Houston's just like, okay, we'll win enough games to win this thing and we'll probably get destroyed in the first round of the playoffs again. <laughs> Uh, do you have any picks for today? Did your guy have any? I know your guy only had one pick from yesterday, and I believe he hit. He hit, hit with the Lions. He hit with uh, the Lions, and I'm looking at his uh, website right now, and there were the, I gave out four over-unders that were not official picks, and he won all four. Wow. Which uh, I re- didn't realize that. So it was a good week if anybody followed those, which they probably didn't since they weren't official picks. But, yes, he did win Detroit by a half a point. Uh, he had, uh, Detroit minus six and a half and they won by seven. So, uh, no official pick, uh, for this evening. What about you? I got no official pick. If I'm going to lean to anything, I'm going to lead toward the Oakland Raiders. I love, I love the way that they not only ran the football against Denver two weeks ago on that Sunday night, but they also shut down the running game. They, they have improved big time with their run defense over the last three games. Now that they're not playing the Dallas Cowboys each and every week, but they've, they've shored up one of their big weaknesses which was the run defense. So if anything, I'm going to take the better quarterback. I'm going to take the better team. I'm going to take the better running game, the better run defense, at least right now with the Oakland Raiders. Although Houston's been running the football effectively. But like I said, I kind of liked Oakland to shut down that run a little bit tonight and then win the game going away. Nice. So we'll see what happens. All right, that's all the time we have for today. No Friday podcast, right, John? That's correct. Uh, I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, try not to gain too much weight this weekend. <laughs> Hold on. This is, this is the week that you, that you gain all the weight and you don't feel guilty about it. And then you start yeah, tonight, you, next week. Get out and do a little bit of exercising at least if you're going to eat 
uh, 10 pounds of turkey this, this week. There you go. Play good, good warning. Play some football. Play some backyard football. Uh, so we won't see you on Friday, but we'll, we'll check back in with you guys next week, next Monday for 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast. John Paulson, you can follow him on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter if you're so inclined. We'll see you next week on the 444.com, the most accurate podcast. Thank you.